cue the music. series where we talk about current events and news relevant to the global unmanned systems community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and as always, let's uh, have a warm welcome for our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Gene, how's it going? Hello, Patrick. Things are going well. It's springtime in Texas, and uh, the flying weather is getting pretty darn good. <laughs> That's good. The, the flying weather is pretty darn good here, too, in sunny California. Although I'm a... I'm, you know, I'm cautious about telling people how good the weather is here in California, because <laughs> I don't, we don't need any more nuts here. I mean, uh, people here. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, anyway, yeah. So, you know, this this week's episode is I was calling it uh, UAS Alphabet Soup for you, because I figured we would. Uh, comment on a lot of things that are going on and we got the NPRM and we got the NASA UTM SARP thing and we got the SUSB Expo and there's a myriad of of other stuff going on out there that I figured maybe we could touch on and talk about um, in this very busy springtime integration season. Indeed. What do you what what uh, topic do you want to tackle first? Wow, Patrick, there's just so many to go after. You know, we could go with a big one, I guess. I'm sure everybody has probably looked at, read some of the comments, maybe even submitted their own as we have uh, comments to the NPRM. And you know, the one thing that that keeps popping out in my mind is that there are more and more people applying for 333 exemptions and, and they've opened up the the channel, opened up the faucet and said they're going to be able to do it faster and quicker and doesn't that kind of render the NPRM impotent, maybe? Maybe, but uh, you know, i got to be honest with you, I don't think we're going to see anything in a year. I mean, so people are still going for them. The only sad part about that is some people are really getting gaffed. I hear people are paying up to $50,000 for lawyers to fill out this paperwork and send it in for them. Uh, In my estimation, um, you know, that's another subject we could touch on, but I think there's a lot of carpetbaggers and people jumping into this uh, sector who don't really know the sector and they're just taking advantage of people. And that's just not cool. I, I've helped people with COA applications and didn't get close to that sort of thing. I think maybe I'm in the wrong business or something. Well, you know, maybe. They've been thinking that for a while. But, uh, you know, personally, <laughs> personal stuff. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's – I don't think it's cool. I think it's, uh, you know, it's not – I don't know. There's a lot of that going on. But, um, you know, the 333 exemption is kind of cool. It's still, I don't know that it's worth a lot of money unless you're in a, uh, you know, like the motion picture people I hear, you have to have it. Cable TV, you don't have to have it. And that's, not, I mean, cable TV, There, every show has got a drone. Every show. Every cable TV show. I mean, I, I was watching one on these guys doing the team survival. They had a drone. Every 
Everybody's got a drone. It's just, it's not even funny, you know. And then if if you're one of these poor schlubs who goes out there and spends all this money on a 333 exemption, and then everybody and their brothers buying a drone and in the business and doing it and flying around and making money, okay, you know, there's something to be said. You you, you went out and you're doing it legally. But God, it's just like you know, if I'd spend fifty thousand dollars to get one, and you know, let's see how many now have been approved. How many are in the hopper? It's woefully slow. Anybody who call, oh God, this is great, thirty more got approved. Woo! You know, I I just I sit back and I laugh. It's like uh, you know, thirty got approved, seven hundred in the hopper. You know, and this is a victory. You know, I but Patrick, I think. What many people are doing is once the NPRM came out, they very falsely felt like, they, oh, we're, we're done, we can go forward, they've got this out there, we are under whatever the NPRM says, we, we should be good. And that's not nearly the case. Oh, no, there's, there's a lot of people who believe that. There's a lot of people that think that the NPRM was the rule and I'm out there and I'm not breaking the law anymore. Or, you know, they're obviously not reading the the, the fine print on that or whatever. And then there's people that think, well, that's going to be the rule and that'll be out in less than a year. So if I just fly to that and there's no enforcement and I'll be fine and okay, whatever, you know, do whatever you want to do. I don't think we're out of the woods yet. And uh, the other thing, before we leave the NPRM subject, yes, uh, Gene and I worked on a uh, on comments for the RCAPA and submitted those. They are not up on the the site yet for some reason. So what we'll probably do, and for the the sake of expediency, we will put them. I will publish them as a news story on the SUS News, and people can write them and emulate them. Unfortunately, uh, I've, I've kind of uh, talked about this out on Twitter and whatever else. Due to the lack of leadership in the industry, we do not have any scientific data we could submit to bolster our case, which I think is a big mistake. Um, but again, the people that have been kind of running the show for us have ulterior motives. And I'll just come right out and say it because they do. Are either they're uninformed don't understand what they're doing or just uh, something, something's amiss. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, when we move into the next subject about the NASA UTM, there's nobody that disagrees with me. You know, there's not, we don't have any data. I, I'm, I'm like, you're, you're writing uh, either love letters or hate mail to the FAA because it's all conjecture. You got nothing to back it up. And even ask for it. You got any data? You got any, you know, anything to back this up? And people are, if, you, if you've read the comments, there's lots of tinfoil hats, Lots of RC people. There's lots of, and I'm not deriding anybody, but none of that is relevant. You you don't have any data to back it up. What do you have to say about that, Gene? I would have to agree with you. You know, we we did our our share of you know crashing airplanes into to try to get some data collected, but but tend to be a futile effort since if it wasn't done in a purely scientific fashion, they wouldn't accept it. Which you know, I guess that's cool, but uh, it was convenient at the time. So, yeah, we, we really do. We, we need to, to be able to qualify this. And I know that there's a lot of universities out there, and they're listening today. So, hey, universities, why don't we start doing some of this and, and collecting some good scientific data that we can use and say that this is what we should be up to? Well, you know, and then I, I don't know if people, you know, we ran that as an article. Um 
some of us put together a white paper to be part of the NASA UTM, which is Unmanned Traffic Management Program. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people said, oh, well, that, that Egan guy's disruptive and, you know, he's a malcontent and some other colorful titles that <laughs> I can't say because it's a family show. Anyway, um, you know, I said, all right, you know, you, you want a little white paper? I'll, I'll bust one out for you. Dr. Professor Patrick. So I put one out there that basically said, until you do the visual acuity uh, study as a baseline, now we're talking about the human eyeball for seeing a void, you got nothing. And until you do the kinetic energy test to pretty much have a baseline to decipher what type of risk unmanned aircraft present, you got nothing. It's all conjecture. And even, you know, I even said that with the NASA thing. You're just going to all sit around and this is going to be some sort of conceptual, hypothetical conversation until that work is done. If those studies had been, had been done, then we could have, let's say, if this NPRM opportunity said, oh, that's, this is great. The scientific data that we've collected that had, you know, third-party QAQC by, you know, like NASA or some other respected, you know, uh, group, we could have said, oh, the, the, what the FAA says here is very progressive, forward-thinking. The data that we have, um, you know, reinforces and, and supports exactly what the FAA is saying. You guys are doing great work. Have a nice day. Done. And we didn't, so that's a missed opportunity. Um, one thing that I did see at the, the NASA UTM SARP conference is lots, uh, again, you know, the malcontent um, and the other colorful titles uh, for years. Okay, years. This is a reoccurring theme. You go to one of these meetings. Um, we talk about smalls and class G for about, oh, three to five minutes. And then we're right on to the Global Hawks, the Predators, Class B. You know, it, it, it's just it's insane. So people got out here and they're they're doing presentations. They're talking about sense and avoid, and they are. And as I said, was going to be the case. I've argued. It was great, Gene. So I'm sitting there in the room, and people are doing their presentations, and I'm like, I've argued with that guy. That guy said smalls. There'll never be any money in smalls. There's no commercial market. You're crazy. It just it's like a whole lineup of people. That's what they've said. To me in the in the past and now they're working on smalls but when they go back and they say oh well here's the data they've got just n almost nothing about smalls and and then the next thing you see a picture of a global hawk or a predator and they've got some studies and work they've done on that and it's it's totally irrelevant it is totally irrelevant so we're right back to square one on that one which is a little disappointing well you know there's i've i know you've heard that uh, some of the general atomics officers have stated that uh, they were going to make payload space available on the Predator nationwide. So, um, you know, they're they're talking about uh, commercializing some of their space as well. You know, there you go. That's uh, I think that's the impetus for the most part is that uh, there's some there's some big money out there that, that wants to get into the commercial end of it and. They use what they have, and what they have is the global hawk and the printer. Yeah, but you know, I've I've been delving more into this, and I don't think people understand the scale, you know, with with this. You know, when you're when you're talking like a global hawk, last time I heard is about two hundred and fifty five million a copy. Yeah, 
operational cost about 37,500 an hour. When NASA goes out and flies a mission, they earmark a million dollars. There, there are no commercial markets for it. I would, I'm going to challenge people, the listeners, now. If you know a commercial market where we can, you know, uh, justify the thirty-seven thousand five an hour without selling tickets and throwing peanuts at people, please <laughs> call me. I want to know. Because, you know, we could we could open an airline and start making money and fly wherever we want today with that kind of bread. It is not practical. And what I am seeing is I, I'm, I'm seeing also, and I'm, I'm not deriding the whole UTM thing because I think that it's, uh, um, I think it's good. I, I will say that um, PK or Paramol Kovacar, Kovacar, I hope I say his name right, uh, is, is putting together a group of people that are, let's say, uh, wider diversity than before. It used to just be all weapons contractors. But I still, you know, mm-hmm. Raytheon gets up there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to do this with radar. And I'm just thinking to myself, you're going to have to have, like, radar on every corner, dude. And how much is this radar going to cost? You know? I know, you know, Raytheon, what's their slogan? <laughs> we, you know, it's not just radar. It's wedding presents, too, or something. I forget. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The stuff is really expensive. You know that's not going to work, and the FAA doesn't have the money for that infrastructure. So you, you know, but okay. So we still have those guys, but now we have people that are in it from the commercial uh, world and want to look into this. And you know, then you have some of the internet giants or tech whatever giants. Um, I, I think even on that end of the spectrum, I think that Amazon. And I'm gonna here's total blasphemer. I'm gonna get ready to blaspheme. So you know, <laughs> get the kids out of the room. Because in Silicon Valley, if you deride, you say anything negative about Amazon or Google, you might, you know, it's crazy. But anyway, I don't care. Um, people say, you know, I'm just hard on the FAA or AUVSI or any other group. Whatever. You know, we we need to have the truth detector out here. Just because you're Amazon doesn't mean you're going to be able to do whatever you want to do. And as I stated in the meeting, I will not tolerate, and I don't think the public is going to tolerate, Amazon drones falling on people's heads, and it, I'm not. We can't take your word that it's going to work. Show me the data. Just because you want to deliver DVDs, I, I don't think that you should go out there and wreck it for everybody. It's exciting and all the rest of the stuff. You, you got the money, and you know you're you're getting in the aviation business, and you need to act like it. And I think uh, I, I mean I'm, I would like to challenge Amazon and Google. We know they have the money to put up the money for these scientific studies, these baseline studies like the the visual acuity and the uh, kinetic energy. And there are probably a handful more that we could come up with. Yes, probably going to cost a few million dollars. But at the end of the the business plan rainbow, you guys are they're they're looking at making millions and millions of dollars. So it'd be great if we could get them to. Exactly. And it would be great if we could get them to step up to the plate, put their money where their mouth is, instead of just saying, you know, well, we're trust us because we're whatever. So that's that's where I'm moving forward on the challenge. And again, show me the data. Um, we, we can't go on the feelings. You know, Patrick, you have a history of pointing out the inconvenient truths. And that's you know, more than anything else, <laughs> you in trouble with it. You point out the truth. 
Well, I'm trying to be. It's like people say they're like, well, you know, you're, you're. I mean, they, even with the NPRM, I, you know, but I've been at this for a long time, and so have you. The stuff that's in the NPRM, this community, it that is a gift. That is a, a full blown gift. You should be jumping up and down with the party hat and uh, you know, blowing the blower and the confetti. Um, you know, I see some of the old guard at the NASA meeting, and they're just like, whoa, I can't believe, you know. How how liberal this is, or how you know progressive it is, and um, I, I agree. So, you know, as far as that's concerned, that's that's good. Um, we should be happy about that. I'm, I, you know, I think people's my presentation at this year's expo is going to be a shocker for most people. Uh oh. Well, I, you know, I mean, I sent I sent Jim Williams an, an email when the NPRM came out, and I was told I was impressed. I you know it's just I can't believe how progressive it is, just can't. So you know as far as that goes, the FAA I'm pretty happy. Some other advocacy groups not so happy. Um, some of the hype not so happy. I mean there's dude. I mean am, is it just me or is the the hype out there? I mean I don't even think the canoe's gonna do it. I'm gonna need to like wear snowshoes in the canoe. The hype's getting so deep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is a fact. There, there seems to be a lot of hyperbole going on right now, and uh, I think it's because there's a lot of maneuvering going on for the money. I mean, we are a capitalistic nation, and this is what it's about. And there's about to be some big money made, no question about it. Well, I'm still working on my, you know, I'm skipping the seed round, and I'm going for the 25 mil Series A. I'm uh, still well, waiting see, for the I, check. Yeah, I, I always say, you know, I'm I'm working on my second million because I gave up on my first. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe I should uh, get in on the hype cycle. I just, uh, I, I, I guess, you know, I think another thing that people don't understand about it, again, it's it's community first. And then, um, you know, then I, I guess my own personal gain, which I think I have it mixed up because most people are out there personal gaining and then community second. Um, but I really care about this community. I put a lot of effort into it, and uh, I'd like to see, you know, I, I don't want to see backlashes of like a dot-com backlash. I'd like to see us kind of go ahead and be pu- get some public acceptance. That's another thing with the DOD vendors going commercial here you got you know military systems flying around people don't like it the privacy thing there's some other issues the other thing is there's harebrained ideas people are throwing out there and another one that i love is you know even in this this envelope that they're talking about giving us oh you know you'll have to go like if you're going to overfly then you got to go and get permission from anybody you're going to fly over their house or, you know, your camera might see their house. You're going to have to go have to get permission from them. And I, you know what? The, the FAA hatched that one years ago. I'm like, that's just ridiculous. So if I'm going to go, like, you know, even just do something as simple as a real estate shot of somebody's house, i got to go knock on 15 doors and get everyone's permission. That's not happening. You know, I mean, in my neighborhood, I just think of my neighbors. I mean, they don't, they don't even like me flying my own damn drone in my own backyard. You know, you know it's going to be. I, I think the, the, in Texas we kind of have a unique opportunity here because uh, uh, it may be drone watching season here in the next couple of weeks. I don't know if you heard. There's supposed to be a, a, a military exercise conducted in Texas. 
uh, and you want to talk about the tinfoil hat wearers, but uh, they're going to try to infiltrate the civilian population with with uh, special ops guys, you know, just as a, a training exercise. So we may be get to may get to see some good military stuff flying around if we take a good close look. Mm. Yeah, you know, and then that helps stoke the fears of the public. That's why, um, you know, there's there's two things in the commercial UAS world or the drone world or whatever you want to call it. I think we need to run far and fast from the DOD. And we also need to realize that this isn't the RC hobby anymore. Hasn't been for a while. And, no, it has uh, not. It's had to, hard to have a foot in each one of those camps. It, it really is. And I don't think people are seeing it yet. Um, but it's just, you, you really can't do that. And I think, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, this group's, uh, you know, their influence is waning and this group's coming up and this group's going to talk for us and these people know what they're talking about and they're going to go to the hill and talk to people. I don't think people understand, or let's say the community, the business community understands how dangerous this is right now. There is no voice for the commercial end user in D.C. I don't care what anybody tells you. Lies. Or, well, maybe not lies. Mis, you know, misunderstanding the situation. The Congress is confused on who is speaking for this industry, what their aims are, and what the goals are. And there are different groups out there that have had, let's say, traditional niches, and they're still working those traditional niches at, you know, your expense. A lot of people are telling you they're working for you. They're not working for you. They're working for whoever's paying them the most money. And that's kind of a um, that's a slippery slope. We've we've dealt with that with the DOD vendors, and I, it's definitely one of the causes why we have, were not in the air. I mean, more and more, even at the UTM, geez, if we had an exemption, if we had this, we had that, we, it would be great. We tried that. That's part of the MPRM um Comments that we made for our Kappa, the uh, let's say the the special rule for the micros that our Kappa had from back in the ARC days from 2008 and nine that we we've tried to champion out there when people were saying we need to do something, tried to get it in the reauthorization bill. The DOD vendor advocate people would not have an under four pound exemption. Uh, would not put that language in the reauthorization bill. These are the same people that are on the Hill right now um, telling people that they're the voice of the industry. And they're also the same people that are that are now uh, crabbing or cockroaching into the big, let's say, commercial player. These people used to be DOD advocates. Now they're working for uh, the bigger companies that we hear in the news that want to do deliveries and whatever else. Very dangerous because they're not working for you. They're working for themselves. That's all I could say about that. People say I should out all these people, blah, 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 but I don't I don't have time to uh, or the inclination to battle it out with all of these people. They have much more money than I do. They have backing from companies that have, you know, gazillions of dollars and you know i'm just some little business guy looking out for other folks so maybe one day i'll take that up but right now i can't um i think there's a vacuum and and somebody needs to step into the vacuum and uh say hey we talk for the commercial end user and no it's not dr professor patrick agree or disagree gene 
Well, you know, Patrick, you again, you, you have a, a a propensity for pointing out the inconvenient truth. We need, we do need a spokesperson that uh, is charismatic, as you've said in the past. You know, there are a couple of folks out there that are significantly more charismatic than you and I are. We have about as much tact as a hand grenade, unfortunately. So, you know, that's that's what we need. We need that uh, that that tactful person that would be able to be forceful enough to go into the industry and make a make a real change. Well, and the person needs to be polished. You know, I have a person in mind because it's kind of funny. Is I, I, you know, there's no shortage of groups who want to speak for the commercial end user, and you know, oh, we're recruiting the top professionals in the field. You know, we've got 200 people. I'm like, you got 200 top professionals that know about airspace integration. I don't know that many of them. I mean, I, I, there's a couple of handfuls of people. Um, okay, sounds good. And so, you know, I talked to all these different groups, uh, and they're all coming on the commercial UAV drone guys association and the special commercial drone people guy association and all the rest of them. And they're like, yeah, you know, we're putting together a group and we're going to pick a leader. And it's um, a total has been. And I say, well, you know, and they go, well, what do you think? And I go, I know I'm probably one guy who could really lead the effort. And they're all waiting for Dr. Professor Patrick to be the name. But no, it's not me because, you know, I'm too real. I, I, gotta, I can't sit there with a smile on my face when I'm getting screwed. I have an aversion to that. But I think the, the guy that I would nominate would be Gary Shapiro from the Consumer Electronic Association. Smooth. Yeah, he is. Yep. Polished. Well he knows the game. He knows technology. Consumer Electronics Association already has tons of advocacy work going. FCC, other go- government organizations. That's the dude. Now, I'm sure a guy like Gary doesn't work cheap. But that's cool. I mean, you know, if you get the right person to throw, you know, half a million at him, throw him a bonus of 150 grand. I, you know, I don't care if he's producing results, pay the guy a million bucks. It's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Look at the money that they're throwing at the uh, small UAV coalition. Millions, millions of dollars uh, that they're, they're lobbying. And it's effective. It's working. Hats off to them. They're, they're working the hill like a rib bone. They get their members in there. Their members get to, you know, cry all over Congress and private meetings. And, and I, I didn't get my COA until my drone was obsolete. Boo-hoo. I'm losing money <laughs> over here. You know? Uh, I mean, it's, the propaganda is not bueno, but, uh, you know, you, you when when you're, you, you got that kind of machine going, that's the kind of... Um, you know, horsepower you get, and you get the White House saying things. You get Congress saying we got to do something. You get SBA saying let's, you know, let's move forward. And so that's been very effective, and I think that that kind of helps illustrate that the other world's largest advocacy, advocacy group either, I, you know, is totally out to lunch or, you know, no fresh ideas. I, I can't even – I'm still trying to figure that one out. I've been asking around, but nobody, you know, nobody has any answers. You know, yeah. they want to, they want to, yeah, they want to be effective. You know, even the, you know, the board meet or the board election that's going on now. You know, you got retreads coming in there that were part of the problem, and you know they're they're coming back. Then you got you know the guy from Airbus is running for the chairman of the board unopposed. What the hell's Airbus gonna? How how's Airbus? I was like Northrop Grumman. 
yeah, we're we're, we're the commercial association now. Well, okay, yeah, two hundred fifty-five million, thirty-seven five an hour. What what does that have to do with the rest of us? You know, that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of us. You know, we're talking about billions. We need to rake in billions to keep the doors open, not you know, cup you know tens of thousands or whatever. So that group has still not made a turnaround. You know, and it's disappointing. Yeah, I think it's kind of uh, interesting the way the, the nation has gone, especially in, in the potential of small businesses. And I was a part of the personal computer boom. You know, I, I wrote. I was a code hack for 19 years, and uh, it, it was fairly easy for a lot of time to get in the computer business, especially if you're good with code and you knew how to do Windows. And uh, of course, once the the bigger operators like IBM and Dell guys got their feet under them. They, of course, you know, tried to snare as much of the market as they could. And I think it's interesting that, you know, I hate to be a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but it, it appears that the UA industry really has suffered from the suppression by larger entities that that uh, stifle innovation that comes out of these guys that are working in their garages and, and doing some really stuff yes well that was kind of a a funny note that you say that because there was a gentleman at the utm thing from one of the larger federal groups that want to use drones and you know this is just it just goes around the room nobody is going to be building a drone in their garage that can you know fly beyond visual line of sight you know successfully and efficiently yeah they're doing it for years yeah, exactly. I'm th- I'm like I can think of a bunch of guys, and one of them, you know, I use uh, Ted McGear, who I would call the the Steve Jobs of drones. You know, <laughs> you know Aeros. I got the picture of him doing the the Aeroson in the garage. He did the Scanial in the garage, and he's doing the Flex Rotor in the garage. So. I think people kind of, and then you know, you got guys like Gene who've been out there using, building, doing for years. It's just uh, the, the misinformation is really kind of sad. And, and I, I will say that I, I do sit there and I'm, I'm a little bit quieter and I let people go on and, and talk about, you know, what they want to talk about. But lots of it is, is just nonsense. And they have no idea. It's the same with the news stories. Oh, you know, some other, con- you know, one of these big constructions companies, the first company to use drones in, in their business. Uh, maybe, you know, in 2015, for 2015, they're yeah. the first business. But even then, I don't believe it. I mean, inter- international contractors have been using them. At, you know, I was using it as part of my contracting business in 2004, you know, or whatever. So you missed the boat to be the first. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. not much new under the sun these days as they as the old song goes. But, uh, yeah, it's... These people that are claiming first that a lot of things really just need to look a little bit further back in the history books and they see that maybe not so much. Well, you know, what they say, it it really starts getting dangerous when you're buying your own propaganda. And I think that's kind of what's going down. (laughs) But, you know, whatever. Now, I did want to, you know, we're a little over, but that's okay. As I always tell people, if, you know, we're running long and you can't listen, you can always come back later and listen. It's great. Um, But I did want to talk a little bit more about the expo. Uh, Oh, yeah, it's coming up. 
Yeah, and even at NASA, it's kind of it's kind of makes me happy that people are like that is the super symposium. And I will tell you now that uh, we have like actually probably thirty exhibitors this year. Uh, booths, tables. We're gonna DJI bring in a flying cage. Um, we have a STEM zone, sea, land, air, and space. We've got, uh, there's more than 40 presenters, and that doesn't include the workshops on map making, aerial photography, and filmmaking, and of course, SAR. We got this dude, we're bringing this dude in from Texas. He's an expert. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> His name's Gene Robinson. Well, I, I do have a few new missions to talk about. I, I do have a few new missions to talk about, and, and uh, of course, the, the the complexion of the landscape has changed a little bit. Well, and, you know, things are, uh, you know, ever-evolving. And uh, there is some excitement about that. I think we're going to have some heavy hitters um, in there. Uh, I was at the Silicon Valley Robotic Block Party. I hear there's there's much buzz over there at um, Google and Amazon and the rest, DJI, everything else. People are talking. They're coming to the show. Um, they want to see what's happening. I will already say that we are probably beyond the comfort level of persons for the for the, the people running the venue. But I'm <clears throat> damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. You know, let's fill it up. Let's uh, let's have three days of learning. You know, networking. Lunch is, lunch is going to be uh, available. It's $10 a day, half sandwich, bag of chips, and a Coke. That's all you get. You can uh, get that going. But uh, I wouldn't leave. I won't be leaving. I'll be there the three full days solid. <clears throat> How about you, Gene? Yeah, it's 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 really difficult to even get up and, and you know, make the essential break sometimes when you've got folks that are, you know, talking and you just don't want to get out of your seat. That's the one thing I learned last year is you need to time things so that you can, you know, take care of business and be there to see the, the person that, you know, is going to be talking about the very thing you want to hear about. Exactly. And uh, the the actually the schedule is put up on the website today. Um, one other note, if you want to be in the workshops, you're going to have to sign up and you'll have to email Veronica at susnews.com. She's taking, she's in charge of the signups. There's limited space for the workshops. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, I, I know that, uh, when I put on the, the first summer workshop that we had room for 25 people, we squeezed five more chairs and then there were people standing in the hall. So, uh, you know, peeking in the door. Yeah. So it was very well received and probably no less than will occur this year as well. Yes. Well, the room's a little bit bigger this year and we can accommodate, accommodate about 40, um, you know, a lot of last minute Louie stuff, but don't, uh, last year I had people, you know, oh man, I flew in from, you know, Mad medicine hat and uh, I wanted to see this and there's no room. And those were the people standing in the hall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you want to see it and all the rest of that, you got to sign up early. Anyway, that's probably enough for, for this week, Gene. It was good as always to speak with you and I will see you in, uh, I don't even know what the day actually, what is it? It's like less than uh, two weeks from today. Less than two weeks. Yep. Yep. And it'll be uh, Drona Palooza and Drone Cella all rolled into one. 
Roger that, and uh, I look forward to it. All right, sir. I will see you soon. Adios. See you.